Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. To all of you out there, once again, welcome. Another incredible podcast in front of us. So um, if you're on a tractor, concentrate a little harder, (laughs) turn the volume up. If you're at home, grab a cup of tea. Um, I think that this podcast presents an opportunity for us all to quite deeply reflect on the last three or four weeks, sure what's playing out, but I think more importantly than that, how we're turning up to what's playing out and some of the choices and mindsets perhaps that we're taking to how we respond to the coronavirus and this unprecedented pandemic that is in front of us all as individuals and families. Um, And so I have asked, and I'm delighted to have Tracy joining us again, um, just to speak specifically, Tracy, about the anxiety and the fear that is around us and perhaps coming up for us um, as individuals at this time. So, Tracy, as a a valued member of the Farm Owner Academy team, as an amazing um, facilitator, mentor and coach to so many, it is just delightful again to have you with us. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Jeremy. Thank you very much. I think it's great that you're doing this for the farming community. So I'm excited to talk about this topic today. So this is a special podcast. We're doing this one in addition to those that we would normally do because this is such an important topic um, for all of you and for all of us. So, Tracy, um, I'm going to just let this conversation flow. Um, Perhaps first, can we touch on fear? Because there is quite a bit of fear coming up and perhaps it is amplified in media. Um, Would you mind just speaking to that and and let's acknowledge what is out there um, in and around the whole theme of fear? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start because that's definitely what people are feeling and experiencing. And it's important to always remember that all of our emotions are an energy and that energy is contagious So it's funny because obviously from a practical point of view, we're talking about how to prevent, you know, passing on the coronavirus. But in fact, what's going on to all of us, whether we're carriers or not, is that we're transferring this energy of fear onto each other. And because the world is so connected and it's so easy for us to be able to tap into the messages of the media, the posts on social media, um, and even in conversation, I know that people are saying that they would just like to have a conversation with someone about something other than the coronavirus, that we are all in a heightened state at the moment. And of course, of our system to protect us. So it's been built in. It's a very valuable um, feeling to have when it's needed and it's to put us on high alert so that we can obviously run away or fight to defend ourselves. But in this case, what's happening is it's becoming a constant state because if we choose to, we can tune into it all the time and think about it all the time. But interestingly, I feel that very clearly our choice right now is to look at this from a place of fear or from a place of faith. And I think that that's the choice that we're making in each moment. Um, Every time we think a thought, make a choice about what action we're going to take, and it doesn't mean that we become complacent. Um, In my Soul Pleaser group, a lot of the women who have been in the group for a while are feeling very calm about this. And they were sharing with me that they've actually had people say to them, well, aren't you just being, shouldn't you be worried? And it was an interesting take on it because there is a difference between being complacent and being worried. So I think that it's important for us to take the physical action that we need to take, which means that we are taking this seriously. We know that we need to look after ourselves, but it is not a prerequisite to be worried 
because being worried means that we're actually projecting into the future and thinking about the worst case scenario. So I think it's really important for us to do both, to both um, shift from a place of fear and have faith in what's going on um, and to take the action that we need to take. But that really comes down to understanding and giving this what's happening right now meaning. Uh, I believe that the fear around what's going on is that sense of feeling like it's out of our control. We don't have a meaning that gives us a sense of peace around why is this happening, then we go straight into doom and gloom. And I think the reason that I can feel so peaceful about this uh, when I remove myself from that contagious, fearful energy is because I believe that life is for us. And so I can give meaning to what's going on at the moment and answer that question of why is this happening. Wow. Okay. So that is so eloquent and so insightful, but there's actually a huge amount in what you've just shared. Um, So question for you is, can I be fearless at this time? And secondly, you mentioned faith. I feel like faith is misunderstood because I don't think what you're necessarily saying um, is religious faith as we know it. Um, It can be a lot of things to a lot of different people. But could you just sort of share with me how you can possibly be faithful at this time? Um, And I'd like to come back to how you can find meaning in what's happening because um, I think that is that is a huge point. So firstly, can I be fearless? Secondly, what is faith? And thirdly, let's come back to that last piece, if that's okay. Yeah, brilliant. So first of all, can you be fearless? I think that you can notice the fear and do something with the fear. So if we understand that this is wired into us to experience fear, the first thing that we can do is notice what triggers the fear. So let's say, for example, we're tuning into the Prime Minister's latest announcement, which is a very practical and sensible thing to do because we need to all be following the guidelines that are given to us. And at the moment, most businesses are shutting down in terms of restaurants and clubs and anything that's creating, you know, a gathering of 10 people or more. So it's very important that we tune into those things because we need to know what we should be doing, which is best not only for us but for everybody concerned. But we might notice that when we do tune into that, that we start to feel a different sensation in our body. And I first became aware of this when I went to the supermarket a couple of weeks ago now. And I arrived at Woolworths early, which I've never done before on a Sunday morning. I just go whenever. But I arrived there before it opened because I had somewhere else to be. So I thought I'd get the shopping done first. And I was absolutely amazed to see more than 100, I'm, I'm guessing, other people doing the same thing. And suddenly my heart rate went up. So there was no conscious thought. I didn't think oh, my goodness, I'm scared because there are other people here. The first thing was the emotion. And so this was really good for me because it gave me some empathy and some understanding about how people are experiencing fear. But it also reminded me of what I was explaining before is that energy is something that we can catch from someone else. So it was like this energy of fear was surrounding me. So in terms of your question about can I be fearless, well, in that moment, my fear was triggered. So what I could have done was bought into that fear and then started to think fearful thoughts in reaction to that emotion and thought, you know, oh, my goodness, I better get in there and hoard as much stuff as I can because look at all these people, you know, the shop's going to sell out and, and go down that rabbit warren of those sorts of thoughts and then magnify the fear. But instead, because of the work that I do and I help people with anxiety all the time, is that I noticed the feeling, I knew what it was, and I brought myself back to a sense of calm. And I did that by doing some tapping 
So I went for the gamut point. Um, it was a difficult place to suddenly meditate. I need to keep my spot in the line and get into the supermarket. Um, but the gamut point is just between the fourth and the fifth finger on the back of your palm. So just here. So if you go near the ring finger and then find this spot here. And just by tapping with two or three fingers onto that spot, it's actually attached to our vagus nerve. And so it's really going to calm down the whole nervous system. So this was a way that I could, without making a fuss, just really physically calm down my biology because it had created that fight or flight response, even mm. though it was unnecessary in that moment. So I think that when we tune into the news bulletins and we find out what we need to find out, that there is an opportunity for our fear to be triggered, but there are ways for us to become aware of that fear and to be able to calm that fear down. Mm. And then in answer to your question about faith, yeah, the word faith, we've really hooked into that as a culture as being religious. But you're either fearful or you're trusting or you're faithful that everything's mm. going to be okay. So, you know, quite often we say to people in business when they're setting business goals is to have faith in yourself, you know, believe in yourself. You know, they're words that are interchangeable to say that everything is going to be okay. So it's just that trust that life is for us. And that's really a belief that I've really bought into. And I know we've talked about that in past interviews on the podcast, um, that I really believe that everything is for us. So when something is thrown at me, I'm like, okay, this is a curveball, but I accept that this is for me. Now, of course, what's going on at the moment is not just for me personally, but it is for all of us because it is impacting all of us. So this has meaning to me individually and to you individually, but it also has meaning to us collectively. Um, and that's why I think it's so powerful that there mm. is no coincidence that there is nobody on this planet who is not in some way affected by what's going on at the moment. And that's why um, it is exciting to me in a way. I know that there are going to be... Um, some challenges. Um, there are people that are losing their lives and there are people who are losing their livelihood. But I also believe that because of the scale of what's going on, the opportunity also is scaled in terms of what this means to us. Thank you, Tracy. So just on that next question, um, how can you find meaning in this? Because I think most people perhaps in that fear state find what's playing out very difficult to reconcile. Um, so I love where this conversation is arriving to and I guess how you're able to self-regulate that biology um, so that you can maintain that sense of calm and perspective. How do you find meaning in what's playing out for every single one of us on the planet as you describe well, the first thing that I want to frame up is that nothing has meaning save the meaning that you give it. Mm. So we live our life through our own perspective. So every one of us is experiencing what's going on right now differently depending on our perspective. And our perspective is based on our past. So everything that's ever happened to us before, everything that we've been taught by our family and people who have influenced us is going to play a part in how we perceive what's going on at the moment. I feel very blessed personally because I have done a lot of personal development um, over the years. I started when I was about 18, so I've been doing it for over 30 years. But most recently, I've really stepped, stepped it up and moved into the space of primarily teaching personal development. So I feel very grateful and blessed to be in that situation. So that, of course, has a very strong influence on my perception and the meaning that I give to this and what's going on. So I want to say that as a framework to what I'm about to say because I also want to say to you that whoever is listening that just because this is the meaning that I give to what's going on doesn't mean that it's true. <laughs> it's just true for me. So I'd like to have that caveat and then share what I think this is all about. Thank you. I think that this is a wake-up call. I think this is a very 
loud wake-up call. I think that we can be unconscious, so we can live on automatic pilot. We are just going about our day, doing what we do, and we're not very conscious of what we're doing. And we can have individual wake-ups and we can have collective wake-ups. And so for me, I had my own personal wake-up call in 2016 when my mum passed away. And this, to me, was a very loud wake-up call. I think we're consistently having them. I think that um, we're quite often getting signs where there is something that we could change in our lives. But if we ignore them, then the signs get louder and then it can be more harsh. And so this is what it took for me to really wake me up is my mum passing away. And what happened for me, the wake-up for me, was to recognise that I was a workaholic. And so I had made only one aspect of my life my priority. And that meant that I had let go of the priorities of my own personal health, my relationships with people who really matter, my family and my extended family. Um, and myself, I wasn't allowing any time to go within and really know who I was and put myself first. I was always putting other people first. Mm. And so this was a huge wake-up for call for me. And so I look at my clients and I realise that a lot of them have had their own wake-up call as well. So they might have lost a business, for example, lost a job, um, lost a loved one or lost themselves, you know, lost that sense of who they are or what. And so when I look at the coronavirus, I think this is a collective wake-up call. It's not working to just shake us up individually. It's not fast enough for the process that we need to go through to make the changes that we need to make globally to really have an impact on the world. Um, there is a flow-on effect when we wake up. You know, if we wake up to these things ourselves, it impacts the people around us. But I think the reason this is exciting is this is speeding it up. Mm. This is shaking us and going, are you making your relationships a priority? What about your health? What about your relationship with yourself? What about your home? You know, I was thinking of the analogy this morning of what we've done to the earth if you had a child, an adult child living with you that trashed the house every day, eventually you would say you need to move out, like mm. this is just unacceptable. If we look at what we've done to our earth, we are trashing it. And in a very short period of time, because we've gone into our homes and spent some time where we're not polluting the earth every day, already we can see the waterways in Venice where they're clear and you can see the fish you look at the satellite pictures and we've reduced pollution vastly in such a short period of time. That is wonderfully profound and it, it highlights to me just when there is calm and um, that we can have faith that your perspective can be very different from someone who is perhaps being governed by that fight-or-flight response. Um, so thank you. And just to your point, this is your meaning um, That's right. as to what's exactly. playing out. And, again, I want to emphasise that, but even though that is your meaning, I think it's profound at the same time. Um, I can only imagine that over the course of the next three or four weeks or months as we stay at home that some of the some of the changes that we might see beyond Venice on the planet might give us a really good insight to how we should live beyond this pandemic. So I, I completely, um, I haven't heard it framed the way that you just have, but gosh, I'm glad I just heard that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and yeah, I-, I think you make a really important point that if we just get over this and then just go back to exactly what we were doing before, we haven't learned anything. Mm. I think that we really need to embrace the changes that we're making. You know, if I look at from a personal point of view, the little things that I've noticed just from the time that I've had more of the family at home. So like farmers, um, it's business as usual for me because my business is online. The only thing that may change is I may end up postponing my retreat that's coming up in September. 
and I'm not coming, you know, physically to to run the deep dive, but we'll do that virtually. So farmers also are experiencing that quite often this is business as usual. You're already quite isolated. You've got this great open space, which is wonderful. It's just a blessing that really a lot of things can stay the same. But if we, if, if I look at what's changed for me, I've got the rest of my family home now. So there's this extra time that we've got to spend together where mm. we can deepen that connection. We've got time to not just be like ships in the night, you know, saying goodbye to each other in the morning and at night. You know, there's just, it's like we're on holidays because there's just extra time where we can watch a movie together or just have some fun. So I think there's that level of relationships and there's a great opportunity there to spend more time with loved ones. But I also look at the global relationships. And one of the things that I have been very aware of now for the last few years is separation of groups of people. And so what I'm seeing is that this global pandemic, the fact that we're all in it together, So there is no one that can escape it. So it doesn't matter what colour your skin is, what political party you follow, what religion you are or no religion, we're all in this together. And so what I hope is that this is bringing down those barriers that can continue to remain between people because of our differences. I see these really encouraging messages online of compassion Mm. where people are really feeling for those people who have lost loved ones, those who are in hospital. You know, a friend of mine, his dad died and his sister wasn't allowed to fly in from the UK to go to her own father's funeral. There are all of these ways that people are being impacted and I think that one of the ways that we will remember that we are all one and that we are essentially all the same, and that we should just get along, and that we shouldn't be enemies, is by having compassion for other people. I think that this has been an incredible benefit and side effect, both personally and as a wider community for the world. Mm. I love that you're seeing this so clearly and so strongly so early in this process. I can imagine... um, it, there's real leadership in that. I, I can imagine people arriving to some of these um, learnings or insights later. Um, but I just, I just love that that we're having this conversation so early in the journey that's ahead. You know, I think it's amazing. Um, I, I reflect back on my life, and I certainly remember there was a time where. On reflection now, when I look back, I was playing like a victim um, and I didn't trust myself um, and I did feel like that the world was happening to me and not for me. And as a result, I look back now and realise that I was hard done by and that as a result, very ungrateful for those things in my life that were quite wonderful. And... um, I distinctly remember those um, moments in time where I had a couple of wake-up calls and like you, I've been lucky enough to do a little bit of personal development and I'm absolutely on that journey. But um, I guess for those wake-up calls, I now see life from from a very different perspective Um, and so I love that if we allow it, that this wake-up call can be a significant moment where each of us make the choice to change for ourselves. But for you to share that in that um, whole and community and even global community perspective, I think is really significant. So thank you for sharing that, Tracy. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think, you know, we are starting to learn in uh, throughout the training that you're doing with these podcasts and the viewers who are watching this that we create our own experience of reality. But this is a co-creation. So this is a collaboration. And so rather than just each one of us bringing it to us personally, which we are doing, we're bringing it to all of us. And so I think it's nice to be able to see what does this mean to me personally, but what does this mean to us as as a whole? Mm. And in terms of 
tools, I think that if we can understand how important our energy is, because sometimes we can feel helpless and it's interesting, and again, I do not believe in coincidences, so this has come off the back of the Australian bushfires. And so I was speaking to a lady recently who felt like she was only just starting to get out of that heightened state that she was in in relation to the bushfires impacting their farm, and then this happened. And because she never got back to ground zero, it felt like it was easier to trigger her straight back up the scale again where she felt really on alert all the time. And so I think it's really important to prioritise some tools and techniques each day because if you understand how important your energy is, then you can also understand how you can help. Because there was a real sense of helplessness when I spoke to farmers who weren't affected by the fires. Some of them actually had guilt around that. Mm, they mm. felt guilty that the fire went around their farm and hit their neighbour's farm. Yep. You know, and yep. so there was this sense of helplessness. And, of course, they jumped in from a practical point of view and helped, which was really great. But if you look at the coronavirus, we're actually being told stay home. So this doesn't feel like we can really help. We're just told and, you know, be alone, um, mm. isolate. And so what I want to explain, how you are managing the emotionally is not only helping you, but it is helping everybody. So it is helping people that you don't even know in terms of how they are going to manage um, the coronavirus as well. So I talked about energy being contagious and the fear being contagious, and I think everybody can relate to that. You know, you walk into the room and somebody's really stressed. In fact, one of the farmers I was talking to this morning was saying, you know, when he works alongside of his dad, his dad can get really grumpy and stressed, and so it makes him feel stressed. Yep. So we can yep. all really relate to that, how a negative emotion can be quite contagious. So the same goes for a positive emotion. So many of you who are tuning into this will have children and you've asked me, you know, how can I help my kids navigate this? One of the most important things is how you are feeling because kids pick up on energy. They have not lost that skill to do that. So we all have that. We're all able to tune into energy. And when I did a group meditation on Sunday, a lot of people had asked for it because when they were left to just their own energy, they were actually finding it difficult to just calm down because they were so heightened. So being around other calm people is really, really soothing. And so if you're doing work on yourself, which is calming you down, calming your nervous system down, this is going to help your health, but it's also going to um, have a flow-on effect and help to calm other people down, which is also going to help their health. And this will strengthen our immune system and make us more resistant to the virus and reduce the spread and to reduce the panic and the behaviour that comes from panic. You know, I know that some of the farmers have taught me, uh, have told me that they have bought more ammunition and I can be naive because I didn't think that that would be something that people would do. Mm. So you can imagine that when people are in fear, they will do all sorts of things um, and perhaps there will be people who are in financial strife who then turn to crime um, because they feel so fearful. So this is why it's so important for you to prioritise um, your vibration. So I want to just share, if it's all right with you, Jeremy, some techniques that people can put into place. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you. Great. I'm very aware that I'm doing all the talking, Jeremy, so I apologise. <laughs> As it should be. Please do not apologise. Um, talk more, um, Tracy. Talk more. <laughs> so I, I reflect on a, a retreat that I ran just recently because it was such a great example of how powerful these tools are. So, so people arrived on the Friday for the retreat. They were anxious. So we had, there were 14 of us, so we probably had about 10 or 11 very anxious people at the retreat for all sorts of reasons. And so on the Sunday, it was like we had completely different people. There was this such a change in energy because everyone was so calm. It was palpable. You could feel it. So I'm reflecting on why that happened. And this is something that we can bring into our daily lives now. And one of the first things was food. 
So we had this incredible caterer who is so talented and um, she lives up in Queensland. So if any of you are in Queensland, reach out and, and um, ask me about her details and I'll let you know. But she works with um, high-frequency food. So it's very natural, it's organic, it's plant. And basically it has a calming effect on our nervous system. So it's alkaline, if you know anything about eating alkaline. So when you eat alkaline food, it calms down your nervous system. So everybody was calmer because of the food that we ate. So we ate this organic, live, very, very fresh and organic plant-based um, food all weekend. So that was the first thing. The second thing, which is such a blessing to all of you on a farm, is the environment that we were in. So we were in this beautiful home that had this incredible outlook that looked over acres and acres of greenery. So we were surrounded by very established trees and so we had really good quality oxygen um, and this incredible vibration and energy that you get from being in nature. So you guys have that at your fingertips, which is amazing. I'm also very blessed. I live by, I live by the ocean. The beach hasn't been closed down. We're all and just keep our distance from each other. So make sure you're tapping into nature. The other thing that we did was meditation. And so meditation, if you're not already doing it, I just want to demystify meditation if it's new to you because what it will do is slow down um, your breathing and it will slow down your thinking. So the pace that we move, the pace that we think and the pace that we breathe all speeds up the nervous system and it makes our nervous system believe that there's a threat. So when we're rushing, there's an idea that perhaps we need to quickly get away from something. And so there is a place, obviously, for um, vigorous exercise and, um, you know, running fast. But you'll find that if you are in an anxious state, you're actually going to be much better off using a slower form of exercise like yoga. Is that we move with the breath so we slow the breath down and we move slowly in synchronization with the breath so yoga is a very good technique but with meditation if if you feel like meditation is a little bit out there or um, it's somehow connected to some sort of religion or spirituality I want to just really dumb it down and give you the basics on how beneficial meditation can be if you're not already doing it Meditation allows us to be present. And if we're anxious, we're not present. Because in this moment, unless you're very unfortunate right now to be in hospital and struggling to breathe because you have the coronavirus, for the rest of us, if we are in this moment right now, there is no threat to us in this moment. Mm. So we're always in the future when we feel anxious because we're thinking about that terrible thing that could happen. So we bring ourselves present in moment when we meditate. The other thing that we do is we slow the pace of our breath and we slow the pace of our thoughts. And so those fast thoughts trigger our, our nervous system to think that there's a threat. But when we slow the thoughts down, it just feels more peaceful and so it can slow our biology down as well so that we can feel relaxed and calm. So if it's all right with you, Jeremy, can we just do a one-minute meditation so that the people who are tuned in can realise how simple meditation is and perhaps um, do it now as well, unless they're driving a tractor, of course. Silence on a, podca a podcast sounds wonderful. <laughs> Hopefully that everybody doesn't turn off yeah, no, right now. My, my only We're only doing it. <laughs> if you drive a track, driving a tractor, stay awake, won't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> do not, do not close your eyes. Um, and for for those of you who don't join in, it'll only be a minute, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> okay. So when you meditate, it's important for you to be supported, either lying down or sitting up straight. So if you're lying down, get in a very relaxed position and I recommend that your palms are facing up if you're lying down. Um, and if you're sitting up, I recommend that you have back support so that you're not having to sit up straight and use your muscles to do it, but you're being supported by the chair and that you're in an upright position. 
Also, ideally, your feet will be flat on the floor. So you're grounded with your feet flat on the floor and then you have an upright spine. The purpose of yoga is really to get us in alignment so that we're able to sit in an upright position to be able to meditate. I like to have my palms facing up and just place the back of my hands onto my thighs. And then you can gently close your eyes if you're not doing anything else at the moment. And in this position, just notice your breath. So what will happen is you will focus on the breath going in through the nose and out through the mouth. And then you might notice that your mind wanders. And all you do is bring your mind back to noticing that the breath is going in through the mouth, in through the nose and out through the mouth. So that is meditation, noticing your breath, noticing that your mind wanders and then bringing your attention back to your breath. If you find it difficult to concentrate on your breath, you can concentrate on your hands. So just take your attention into the palms of your hands. Notice that there is an awareness of your hands without looking at them or without touching them. This awareness might feel like tingling in the palms of your hands. And if you notice your mind wandering, take your attention back to the palms of your hands. And then gently open your eyes. So that's all it is. And it can be as powerful to do a minute meditation as the 20-minute meditation. So I think the thing that puts people off is that they think they have to find 20 minutes and be able to sit down and meditate. Um, but if that's not possible, spreading out little mini meditations throughout the day can be really, really powerful. So I encourage you, if you've never done it before, to just try it and just experience that. So the next tool that I want to share with you in terms of managing your energy is noticing the fear. So we talked before about the fear. Noticing the fear and noticing what you're thinking around that. And in that moment, just gently shifting yourself to a different thought. If you're catastrophizing or worrying, thinking about the worst case scenario that could happen, then bring your back, yourself back to a thought that feels better than that. And that will shift your vibration to that karma vibration that we've been talking about. So bring it back to a thought, any thought, um, or a specific thought. Any okay. thought at all. So some people can come to a thought like, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But some people are so invested in the thought that it's not going to be okay that that doesn't work. That just makes you feel worse because that's too big a jump. So sometimes you might just need to distract yourself. So you might be able to think of something that's quite unrelated to the thoughts that you've been having. You might need to do something to make yourself feel better. So I know that some of the... Um, Farmers have been worried about their children who have been away at boarding school. Many of you have brought them home. Um, if you haven't, it might be, okay, instead of me thinking about this on loop, I'm going to make a decision today about it and I'm going to take action about it and organise for them to come home or not, whatever you choose to do, so that you've taken some action and you yeah. no longer need to have that looping. Um, otherwise, you might find that you just need to completely distract yourself and think about something totally unrelated. Um, going into gratitude might help if you feel like you can. Um, so for the farmers, thank goodness we're in an isolated sort of situation already. Um, thank goodness business is still going well and we've still got our business or our jobs. Um, and if you can't do that, it might be something like pulling out a game and playing with one of your children and just having some fun so that you're thinking about doing something something else and putting your energy into something else so that 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 focusing on a thought thing is about removing or moving out of emotion 
which is where fear is, and into something that is logical that can kind of distract you for the better away from the fear? Yeah, so the whole purpose of thinking a different thought is to feel better. Mm. So you notice that the feeling is related to what you're thinking. Yep. And then you choose to think something else. So the exception to that is when you realise that it's being caused by, like my example when I was at the supermarket, it was actually being caused by the energy around me. Mm. So if you can remove yourself from that energy, so that might be the example of being tuned into the news or constantly scrolling social media and reading all the posts about it and then you notice your body feeling fearful that you actually turn the phone off or put it away Mm. um, and remove yourself from that. And on that point, I want you to understand how much this is going to impact your sleep. So in terms of protecting your immunity, the quality of sleep that you're getting is going to be really important to boost your immune system, apart from eating really good food, getting your rest, getting your exercise and raising your vibration. If you don't switch off from this news about the coronavirus at least two hours before you go to bed, whether you're thinking about it or not, it's going to continue to run through your subconscious mind while you're asleep and you're going to have disturbed sleep and not be as healthy as you could be. That's such a significant point. And perhaps a 10-minute meditation before we go to bed to slow those thoughts down and to focus on things that we can be grateful for Um, And we have so many compared to, as you say, um, having the media hype run in repeat and in loop while we sleep, I think is such an important part of this process for sure. Yeah, and I want to just remind you of the addictive nature of it. Like fear is very addictive. So it produces a chemical in our body, cortisol, which is addictive. So sometimes you find yourself continually looking for another story about the coronavirus, Mm. like you're subconsciously seeking it out. So if you have a loved one or if you're doing it yourself where you find that you've just become addicted to the news and finding out the next latest thing, like it's like a TV series that you've become addicted to, just notice that it is an addiction. You've become addicted to the chemical of that emotion and feeling fearful and you need to break it. You need to really cut back. I've got a family member and my assessment of this person is that um, it can make I'll ask it as a question. Can it make us feel like we're actually doing something active about it? Um, You know, often getting caught up in that addiction and staying busy with it, I think can make us feel like we're actually doing something which we sort of kid ourselves into being constructive when that might not be serving us, I guess is what I'm... Yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel like... We think we need to be up to date, which is true, but we can definitely limit even to one update a day to know what we need to be doing. Um, But I also think that it does make us feel useful and it also makes us sound knowledgeable when we have a conversation with our neighbour because we know what's up, you know, and we can be helpful because we can share information. But Mm. ultimately it's doing far more harm than good. And also this is when we can tap into our doing addiction. So I am a reformed uh, doing addict and I work with lots of people who are addicted to doing. So if you have been self-isolated and your kids, for example, don't have you running them around to sport all the time anymore because it's all been cancelled, there is less to do. And one of my soul pleaser clients said to me, "Um, I just am trying to find all these things to do. And I said, perhaps the universe is asking you to not do so much at the moment. Mm. And she's like, yeah, I know that. But (laughs) that feels really uncomfortable. So, yeah, just be aware of that, that need that you have to just be busy all the time. I really believe that this is an opportunity for us to have more time, more rest and to do less. So, yeah, keeping up Mm. with the news is just something else for us to do. What would your prescription be if you could write out your perfect prescription, not that you do that, for everyone (laughs) listening um, around how much media they should be allowing themselves to be exposed to? 
What would you? Yeah, look, I think I I think once a day is plenty, Mm. um, and I would do it in the middle of the day so it doesn't dictate your day, so that you don't look for it first thing in the morning. I think a morning ritual or a morning routine is how you should set up your day. Um, So you know, for me, that's meditation, a walk along the beach, journaling. But you can create whatever works for you. So the purpose of a morning ritual is to set the the tone for the day so that you're on a high vibration um and then in the middle of the day you could do your check-in and go okay i know what's happened in the last 24 hours i know what i should be doing um and then you won't have thought about it or looked at it for a very long time before you go to bed and that's another opportunity for you to tune in see how you're feeling and make sure that you go to bed on a calm and peaceful and happy um vibration i smile before i go to sleep i know that i'm smiling when i go to sleep because that's the vibration i want to be on and i smile when i wake up perfect and i do feel like the formal announcements in media are the ones to listen to rather than the narrative that follows um you know i think even half an hour an hour just really understanding as you say um what the announcements are that we need to honor and be part of supporting um and then unplug from the rest um perfect direction so some amazing tools from food environment meditation um noticing the fear and replacing it with a logical thought that supports you and being okay to let go of the busyness and stop doing fantastic um pieces of advice to remove the fear to remove anxiety um, and set yourself up to take a leadership position. And I think where we ask all surrounded by our families, we have an opportunity to turn up for our families um, and to use your frame to vibrate on a frequency that gives them security, safety, peace of mind. Um, rather than anything else. And, you know, if that's all we do at this time and we find ways, as Tracy has outlined, to make sure that we are turning up to our loved ones in that way, then I feel like that's the most important thing we can be doing right now, Tracy. Would you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing I would say is who can I help? Who needs my help? You know, and that's why I reached out to you and said, do you want me to do this? And I've started a 20-day a 21-day meditation um, thing in my Soul Pleaser group that people can join. Um, You know, I'm just going, who else can I help? You know, is there anybody worse off than me right now that needs my assistance? My daughter has kindly donated um, time next week to babysit my niece because um, her mum's still working as a teacher. You know, there are people who are struggling more than us. Um, How can we help? is another way to set a great example as, as a leader in your family, in mm. your business and in your community. And it's actually a tool like the other ones you've shared with us. Being selfless at this time rather than selfish um, can change everything. So I think looking I feel like we were supported so incredibly by our city cousins and others um, through times of drought and recently through times of fire. As an industry, let's... I feel we are fortunate and for to a large degree it's business as usual. Let's turn and direct some of that compassion and care and and love back to those people that have supported us just so strongly in recent times. Yeah, I agree. So um, perhaps just in, in starting to wrap up, Tracy, um, and just to share an experience, I, I felt like I needed to unplug now three years ago um, four years ago, my twins were three. Um, Nico was five and James was seven. And so we packed up and um, put everything in storage and took four months in the outback. And we had 85 nights in swags and absolutely off grid. We disappeared up the Udnadatta and Birdsville tracks. We disappeared into the Simpson up creek beds and we had 85 nights as a family. Sometimes the showers might have been seven and eight and nine days apart, but it took us a few weeks. But I reflect on that four month outback trip that we had as a family as being an absolute turning point 
for every single one of us. It brought us together in ways that I couldn't have imagined. It, it brought my partnership with Jane um, into a whole new realm and it's just something that I cherish. And what I'm most looking forward to um, about the next few months is to recreating that incredible intimacy and dynamic with my family um, like we did in the outback. And um, I just want to put it out there, guys, that it can be a really significant and transformational time for the relationships we have with those closest to us. And so for me, that's my meaning. Um, And it's probably a meaning for my family more so than a meaning for the universe. But I think, I think that that is the opportunity here. And just, just, if I can just urge you to make the most of that Um, because as I say, it was significantly um, profound for us as a family. Yeah, that's such a great example. I think we all have the opportunity to do that. And I think that if you say to yourself, this is for me, this is for us, by believing that you will see how it is. Mm. Wonderful. Tracy, it is always just such a pleasure to have time with you. Um, I can only predict that um, and thank you for reaching out and offering to do this. Um, This will help a lot of people and um, I'm privileged that that I get to be part of this conversation and part of that. So um, as a final comment from farm owners and from me, thank you sincerely. Um, it's wonderful that we get to share your perspective and your insights at this time. You're welcome. My pleasure. Any final comments for people, Tracy, just to help them on their way? Just for those people who are really struggling, because I know that people that normally have anxiety uh, didn't have a good base level. So if you are really struggling, um, that you can reach out to me. Most people who find me after watching a podcast go to my website, which is just my name, tracyseekin.com. So just reach out if you need more support. Okay. So tracyseekin.com and um, our team at Profitable Farmer Podcast and Farm Owners Academy can only advocate incredibly strongly for Tracy and how she supports people. So if you are feeling like you need some more support in and around navigating these times and fear and anxiety and overcoming and, and moving on from those um, realities, then, yeah, by all means, reach out to Tracy. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Thank all you. the best. And and to everyone out there, stay, stay strong, stay calm and... Um, All the best. Bye for now.